Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Sherry Leed, and we will be talking about her new book and work, The 50-50 Friendship Flow, Life Lessons from and for My Girlfriends. We all have friendships that we have maintained over the years, but now, more than ever, it's easy to lose the connection with those who you care about and the uncomfortable feeling of being disconnected from our friends is all too common. The 50-50 Friendship Flow offers a conscious path to not simply maintain friendships, but to deepen those relationships to support connection and bring joy and a sense of purpose to both of you. The 50-50 Friendship Flow encourages each of us to give one another the gift of time. It reveals the power of sitting down one-on-one with a friend for the sole purpose of letting her know the positive impact that she has made in your life. Sherry Lead received her Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from the University of Washington in 1992 and graduated from Seattle University School of Law in 1995. A former litigator, she currently owns and operates an imperfectly perfect life LLC, a professional life coaching business serving women, helping guide them towards recognizing their power. She married her law school boyfriend, and they are the parents of two grown children. Now, in her early 50s, she believes all of her life experiences and challenges were placed in her life to allow her to share what she has learned. For more information, you can visit Sherry's website, which is www.animperfectlyperfectlife.com. And again, that's animperfectlyperfectlife.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Sherry to the show. Good day, Sherry. Hello. It's so nice to be here. Thank you. And and I, I must say, you know, going through and, and reading these stories, I mean, there is such a diversity in the the women that you spoke with and it, it's a it's wonderful it's, it's wonderful and, and the lessons are, are really great but um let's start with um how how it came about you know that there was a, a period a challenging period um in your life and that kind of led to the the idea for the 50 50 friendship flow so would you mind sharing with the listeners you know about that period and, and what led up to this Sure. Uh, I was, it started, well, this idea began basically without me knowing it. It began when I was 47 years old. I had received a breast cancer diagnosis. Um, and, you know, that, that same year, I also happened to attend um, a girlfriend's memorial service. And at this memorial service, they, the people in the, in the church were getting up and, and saying all these wonderful things about her. Um, they were talking about all the, all the lessons that they learned from her, what she meant to them. 
And this is all really great, but they weren't speaking to her. They were speaking about her. And so, you know, coupled with my experience and what I was going through at the time, I thought I need to do something different. I need to tell the people in my life, and especially I focused on my girlfriends. I need to tell my girlfriends what they mean to me, what lessons they've taught me, and what I've learned from my friendships with them. And by the time I started this journey, it happened to be between my 49th and 50th birthday. So I decided to make it my goal to meet with 50 women um, over a course of a year, some new acquaintances, others lifelong friends. But as you mentioned, a variety of women from all ages, ethnic backgrounds, economic levels, educational backgrounds, um, just a rich group of women. Wow. So... Um, let, let, I guess let's talk about the um, the, the the challenge itself. Um, there's apparently there's five steps. Not apparently there are, there are five steps to the friendship flow challenge. So can you tell us um, about those steps? Because this is what goes into. I mean, I would think that once you identified the women that you wanted to speak with, the next thing was kind of setting up the coordination of it. So can you tell us about about the, the five steps um, and um, and their importance? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I you know, I encourage others to take this challenge, but not necessarily with 50 people, maybe five or <laughs> 10 or 20. Um, 50 is quite a bit. and uh, But with, within a set period of time. So I would say no more than a year because you want, want to kind of push yourself to get this done, to complete this task. I initially did this in person, uh, so step one is to set a date. I'm actually doing this a second time around right now via Zoom, uh, but the first time around, which is in the book, was step one is to set the date with the, the person that you're meeting with. Number two, um, before each meeting, I really set an intention. I thought a lot about the person I'm meeting with. A lot of times, you know, when I set the date, I knew there was something that I wanted to tell this woman um, I was mean with, I didn't know exactly what it was. So I really took time to to basically meditate on what life lessons and uh, what our friendship had brought to my life. Uh, the third step was at the date, I shared with them this challenge so they knew what I was doing to set the framework so it wasn't completely awkward. Um, mm-hmm. and, and And shared with her what, Lesson I uh, she she taught me with the with the framework that everyone you meet is both your teacher and your student, and I found that you know sharing the step three sharing this lesson a lot of times or this message a lot of times brought uh, the receiver to tears. It became emotional. Uh, it didn't always become emotional, but uh, this sharing of the message is something that we don't normally do. Um, and then number four is to listen, to, to let the other person respond, uh, to hear their story. I would ask questions about how they, they came about this quality that I saw in them. Uh, was it something that came naturally for them or is it something that they worked for? If they, you know, I'd ask if they saw this in themselves. And the last piece, which I think is the most important piece, the step number five is to make a record of this meeting. It, I, I happen to have published these meetings on my Facebook page, but they don't need to be public like that. They could be a journal entry, a photo that you keep on your phone, but thing to 
um, to make a record of it so you have that piece of reflection because I found that piece of reflection is what really brought me a great sense of gratitude. Um, it's hard not to live in gratitude when you when you recognize the people who have come in and out of your life and, and that everyone who's come in has had um, some impact on your life. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, now, when you set it up, you know, and the idea of intention, when you're talking to to your friends, and, I mean, is this something that um, you, that they prepare for as well? I mean, in, in kind of in feedback to you as well? For this first round where my purpose was to uh, sit down and talk to them about what mm-hmm. I saw in them and show my appreciation, uh, there was nothing for them to prepare for. Um, this other, other than to be somewhere a little nervous right. they saw me do this because they knew, you know, it, it could be uncomfortable to receive a compliment. Um, but other than yeah. that, there was no preparation. Uh, the second time around that I'm doing this, you know, via Zoom, I'm actually asking a question, and I tell them ahead of time. I'm asking the question, what is your mess that's become your message? And uh, so that mm-hmm. that. So I know some people really think about that and think about things in their life that have uh, that have kind of changed their course of life or, or changed the way they um, they feel about a situation or or a um, or, or really you know has caused them to swerve and move into something different. Uh, so I know there's some preparation that that's going on right now with these states. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, the the one thing I I liked, um, especially about about your book too, was when and you're talking about step five, write it down, take a photo, um, in your um, book um, at the beginning of each chapter, which is one of those meetings, um, you have photos of the individuals, and um, and it's, I mean, it's wonderful because the the photos that you have capture the message of you know, what the the interaction was about. I mean, you know, there, like there was one, uh, let's see here, let me look real quick. I forgot. It was the one about the, the smile. Um, yeah, Dee Dee. Dee Dee, yes, yes, Dee Dee. That, that smile those, in those pictures was really something. I mean, she, I mean you could tell that that was, um, I mean, it's kind of like she's wearing her purpose on her face <laughs> in a way. Absolutely. And that is the lesson she taught me. She taught me to smile at people. And that sounds so simple, but with her, I recognize that's something she does with a stranger across the room at a coffee shop or when she walks into the room, she immediately smiles when she makes eye contact. And it's a little hard now with all of the masks, <laughs> but I feel that she smiles. I'm sure. I'm sure she's smiling with her eyes. <laughs> it's just right, the same way. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, you can tell that too in the pictures that she does that as well. So, but um, but it, it it's interesting. Now, you indicate that you you know selected you know people, women whom you were close with, as well as those that were acquaintances. Um, you know, number one, did you? Why did you feel it was important to have those both of those? And um, was there um any um, distinct differences um, between talking with those 
you know, the different types of uh, relationship people. Yeah, so I should say that this project for me didn't start out as something that I expected to become a book. Uh, so when I went into this and made a list of women, I really went into it with my heart, just a quick list I wrote down with women that came to my mind and these women that were uh, more uh, recent uh, recent friends or acquaintances, I just felt that there was something about them that I wanted to know more about or that I admired. And I thought of what the first uh, interaction was that I had with them that stuck out to me. And I found that through this practice and with the same, you know, with that underlying belief that everyone you meet is both your teacher and your student, it did not, it didn't change the meetings for me between what I knew someone, you know, basically for a lifetime or, or just um, a shorter acquaintance. And what it's also done for me is that now when I meet somebody new, it just, automatically lays the foundation for me when I meet them that, hey, this could be, you know, this is my teacher and my student. There's a reason for us meeting. And I found that that's been such a great groundwork to going into meeting somebody. And it just, it, it just sets up such a greater possibility for a deeper relationship. And even, even in those negative interactions, there's, <laughs> I, there's, something, to, there's something to learn there. So the negative interactions, if they ever do happen, and, you know, they do from time to time, even those interactions, my focus has gone to, okay, what am I supposed to learn here? Uh, what's, what What is, is the lesson that this person is teaching me? Or vice versa. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, so it, was, it was the same. It was the same for both, which is, it was, which is surprising. I never thought of that before you asked. But yeah, the experience was the same. Okay, okay, well, it's good. You know, I mean, because you know the the um, the idea of the, you know the teacher student. You know, and when you think about the teacher student, you often envision the the speaker and the listener. You know, and, um, and it seems that you know having that dual role in mind can, I think, help someone. Um, not fall into one role or the other, you know, primarily one role or the other. I mean, become just a listener or just a talker. I mean, it would seem like it would lend itself to more balance in a, in a discussion. Exactly. And I used to say that common phrase, uh, somebody's a blessing or a lesson. And I've replaced that with teacher and student because I think thinking of a relationship as a blessing or a lesson one is it's looking back on the relationship. Two, there's a negative component there, and look, as opposed to looking at everyone as a teacher and a student, you're looking forward. It's forward thinking, and it's and it's a positive way to look at relationships. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely balanced. Now, one of the things. Um, a wonderful component to the book that you have is right after the story that you or the interaction or whatever the chapter, the meat of the chapter, you have a section called the 50 50 friendship flow challenge lesson. And then you have the challenge um, take action. So tell us a, a bit about, you know, why you wanted to make sure to have those two components 
um, with each story told. I, my hope is that the book uh, changes lives in little ways, in little steps. So it's not, you know, the chapters are short about each each woman that I met with, and the lesson is simple. But there's also the action plan. So I do suggest reading, you know, one one chapter a day or one chapter a week, so there could be some focus there. And then there's a place mm-hmm. to journal, and I suggest. Uh, uh, dating the journals because I find that, you know, I journal every day and part of my journaling practice is to go back through the years prior and look at that day, um, what I wrote in the years prior. And I find that, again, we're back to reflection. I find that piece of reflection uh, so helpful because then I could see my growth and, and see what I've struggled with in the past and whether or not I'm still struggling with it or how my mindset might have changed or not. And so there's that journal piece right after the lesson and the action plan so that even though these women are my friends and friends in my life, everyone who right. reads the book could relate that lesson and, you know, and take their own action um, relating to that, that lesson so that it's relevant in their lives. And so that's why I think that piece is important. Uh, it also, it also, uh, the, they'll also see, you know, kind of recognize people in their own lives who who also brought similar lessons mm. to them. Yeah, I agree. And the one thing I like about that is is it you know takes the the information and, and then allows uh, the reader to apply it to themselves. You know, and then you do have that one um, place for them to journal. You know, right afterwards, and and also with the focus. And I think that um, if someone is going through a particular challenge, you know, um, that, you know, being able to quickly go to that chapter, you know, and, and kind of who, mm-hmm. who taught what, and also to kind of find the lesson in it and in action. I mean, that, I would think that that would help, you know, someone, you know, quickly um, move through the experience, you know, as they may have before. Yes, and what I've uh, what surprised me, I pleasantly surprised me, is I've heard from women that they plan in the new year to to take this book with girlfriends and schedule go through a chapter a week and use the action and the lesson and the and the journaling as a point of discussion and growth throughout the next year uh, with the girlfriends in their lives. So that was exciting yeah. when I heard that 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 a couple of groups are planning to do that. Yeah, that would be. I mean, it's a like book club. Great, it's like book club plus <laughs> kind of thing. More yeah. than just read it, you you experience it and and also kind of contribute, which is which is great. Um, I'd like to kind of maybe just go through a couple of the um, the individuals and, and kind of maybe you know get your view of them. Now, let's just start with the, the first one. You start with is um, use your talent, your gifts and talents, and that was with Cece. Um, so now I, I understand that you you put the chapters in the order of the um, the dates that you had, correct? Correct. And so as I you know as I mentioned, I wasn't planning for this to be a book, so there is no grand plan on on organizing it in a certain way. But when I found out that hey, this 
looks like it's going to become a book. I thought about, you know, should I organize it in a way that, I don't know what type of way, but, but something strategic. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, uh-huh. no, because, the, you know, the message really is that everyone we meet is our teacher and our student. And so it doesn't matter right. what order the meetings take place or the chapters take place because every story, you know, just like every person we meet is just as important as the last. Yeah, it's funny, um, and, and I think you know that's great because it really, um, you know, presents uh, just um, a, a lifeline, or um, you know, a timeline, a lifeline. Just, I mean, life doesn't, you know, come together in groups, um, and it, and it's, it's funny. I've um, noticed throughout the years. I've been doing this for about eleven years, and and mm-hmm. you know, when people come to to book, you know, um, shows, it's you know, they select a date, and, but I, I, I am amazed time and time again that many times a, you know, particular topic will come up with maybe, you know, in a period of two weeks or maybe three shows on the same topic, you know, and, and it was, yeah. I mean, it's completely random, but, and, and at first I thought, oh, man, I'm going to have to space these apart, you know, and then I thought, well, yeah. no, maybe there's, maybe there's a need for it to be in that order or you know, the way that it's unfolding. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much. And and then and um now I'm a, a nature photographer and then I, I go through I'll walk through a garden and I maybe get fifty, sixty pictures and and many times I, I'll share them as a like a little gift, you know, to real friends just mm-hmm. to, for them to kind of look at and and for, for in the beginning I did group them, you know, but I thought, no, I'm gonna let have them see what I saw as I walk through it. And it's kind of like you walking through life. Yeah. You're going to show what happens. At, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I like, you know, the fact, and plus the fact that they're, um, the topics are so varied. It really does keep your interest. <laughs> it's like going through and reading because they're, well, this is a very different one from the one before. Yeah. yeah and most, yeah. I should also say most of those women, some knew each other. Most of them, they're from everywhere. They don't know each other. Oh, how the women in the book. Yeah, wow, it, 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 it's great, and, and you know, fifty is an ambitious, <laughs> very ambitious undertaking because you know you're talking about a lot of coordination. <laughs> so, um, it is. Goodness. Yeah. Now, um, what, one of the um, other ones that I put, I highlighted, and I thought it was kind of interesting, is the one um, about uh, put a little more effort into your friendships. Um, and, it, and, it, and it seems like that that this is this is one where maybe people right at the moment are letting that slide because we don't have the typical um, connections uh, types of meeting places that we normally would. Right. Yeah. And you know that is such a good lesson because it, the key is a little more effort. It really doesn't take too much, and I think a lot of times. We get we become paralyzed because we think we need to do grand gestures, or make something special, or we're concerned that the the reception won't won't be what is expected, and it's the little things. It's the it's 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 the little text. It's it could be you know remembering a, a birthday, but not even needing necessarily to buy a card or a birthday present, but sending a text or making that phone call uh, and, and 
that's one nice thing about doing this challenge. It, it made me take that extra effort. And even just now doing it through Zoom, taking the time. And that's what it is. It's the gift of time. And it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour long or half a day. It could just be five minutes. But letting that person know that you're there and you're thinking of them goes a long way and really deepens the friendship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wondered about that. Now, since you um, completed the 50, um, the challenge, um, are, you know, is there a, a new level of maintaining that friendship, that those friendships that, that you're experiencing? From the, are you asking from the first 50 days to five? Uh, if yes, those I'm sorry. Yeah, from the making... first 50. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, is it, has there... it continued has it continued on at a, you know, at a more, at a more frequent kind of, I mean, in other words, how, how have those friendship, those relationships grown since those, that initial connection? Yeah. It's, it's been just as, as diverse as any group of, of women, you know, okay. some of those friendships, some of those friendships definitely increased or deepened, actually, I should say. And the, uh, the communication, you know, just changed and became, it went to a deeper level, uh, especially, you know, even with my long-term friends, not just the acquaintances. And, and then there are some friendships in there that we don't communicate as much. And it's not that we communicate less than before, but for some of those friendships, we're in different parts of life, just, just as, you know, um, any type of friendship would go. For example, there's a woman in there who's in her 20s that I met with, and I felt that it was important to meet with her because uh, I wanted to tell her that what I saw in her as a young woman, she reminds me a lot, that she reminds me a lot of what I, who I was and what I was going through at her age. And uh, she and I are in different stages of life. Uh, she's a newlywed. I, I, my kids are, in, in theory, they're, I, we're empty nesters. So my child is here uh, going to college <laughs> remotely <laughs> because of the pandemic. But you know, we're okay. yeah, we're we're in a, we're in different stages of life, so we we don't connect as right. as often, and and that makes and it makes sense. So I think it is important to know that doing this doing this uh, challenge is it's a growth piece for both of you. Um, but to also go at it with no expectation, I think. No, you know, you go go to this with the um, spirit of this is what I want to give to the other person. I want to let them know that they're being seen, but with no expectation to get anything back. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the we, that one step. Um, I believe it was step number one or two. Yeah, you know, let go of ego. I would think that that uh, ego is. Um, Letting go of that ego is an important part in in the listening. It is, and I, I actually am surprised to find how 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 many of those friendships so did become deeper, and the support I've gotten from this book, and not just from those friendships in the book, but other other friendships because they saw this uh, this happening and. It's interesting. It's kind of like through osmosis, uh, even though I may not have met with, you know, I didn't meet with everyone I know, but even the people I did meet with appreciated, have shown appreciation for these friendship stories. 
Um, mm. So, yeah, yeah, so that surprised me is how, how the effects and, and kind of how this has, has grown and, and the ones that did deepen that because I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that would be um, – it would be really, really interesting. Um, gosh, we're um, about halfway through the show, uh, Sherry, so I want to take just a quick break. And I do want to invite listeners, if you would like to call in and ask Sherry any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those of you listening live in the chat room, uh, feel free to, to type in a question. And then when we come back, um, Sherry, uh, the next one I want to talk about was Dana, um, Elevate the room. Uh, she was a, a garnish <laughs> and the, the, the food of uh, the table. So I want to talk about her, okay? Sure. Great. Okay. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello. This is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website ByteRadio.me has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us. Again, today my special guest is Sherry Lee, and we are talking about her new book, the 50-50 Friendship Flow, lessons, excuse me, life lessons from and for my girlfriends. And again, you can find out more by visiting Sherry's website, which is www.animperfectlyperfectlife.com. And then you can also find her um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, she's all around. So you definitely want to connect her with all of those social media platforms that that, uh, you use. Okay, so with that, we're back, Sherry. Good. Good to be back. Okay, great. Thanks. Now, one of the stories I really liked was Dana, um, and and, uh, the title of the chapter with her was, was Elevate the Room. So can you tell us a little bit about Dana and, you know, and kind of what it was that you learned from her story. Yes, well, I don't know if you can tell by the pictures, but she does elevate the room. <laughs> she has that yeah. she Yeah, she has she has that energy about her that um it could be a business meeting, it could it it could probably be the most boring presentation <laughs> or you know, or a or a party. Uh, whatever it mm-hmm. is, if you if you know Dana, when you know that 
it's going to be it's going to have good energy what you're attending. Uh, if you've never met Dana, you'll know when she walks in the room, and it's not because she's loud or seeks attention. She just she just carries herself in such a way, and the way she interacts with people uh, makes everyone feel heard and seen. And and that's what she taught me. You know, she there's a saying uh, that I see on social media quite a bit that says something to the effect of. You, you know, you were raised, I was raised to treat the janitor the same way I treat the CEO or something to that effect. And I've seen mm-hmm. that posted a lot. But with Dana, I see her living that way. She, uh, she treats everybody that she comes across the same. Uh, and, and that's the lesson uh, that I've learned from her. I believe I, was, I believe I was doing that before, but she takes it to another level. She really does take the time to not only know in her mind that, that, she, that she's treating people the way or she's perceiving people the same um, or treating them equally, she actually takes the step to interact. And the way she interacts, I know that the person uh, receiving the interaction feels that they've been seen. Yeah, yeah. That's really important. And, and one of the um, stories kind of really talks a lot about um, – the recognition of a relationship. It was uh, chapter 39, which was called uh, Celebrate the Uniqueness of Each Relationship with Susie. Um, And, yeah, in that particular one, I just, I kind of wanted to read, there were four different um, lessons or or, or perspectives of of that story. And I want to read those. And if you wouldn't mind sharing, you know, that, because I think that's a really important part of the interactions. And, And let's see, one of them was, it was one, be authentic and honest in each relationship. Two, do not hide your relationships. Three, if asked, remind everyone that each relationship is unique. And four, finally, let your friends know that relationships are not competitions. Boy, <laughs> there's a lot there. So, can you share um, maybe in a little bit more detail about that particular topic and, and those different perspectives? Sure. Um, I noticed that a lot of friends, you know, myself included, uh, over the years, especially with social media, it's become a little difficult when when friends have a disagreement and you have a mutual friend, and that mutual friend is stuck in 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 an uncomfortable place between two friends. And Mm -hmm. you know, with social media, it it makes it even more amplified because there are pictures, and you you can follow the other person's relationship, (laughs) whether you want to or not. A lot of times, and so I observe that that Susie does this with such grace, and she's able to be friends with people who may have had a falling out on both sides, which is not always an easy thing to navigate. Uh, So I was curious as to how she did it in the four steps that you you read were exactly what she told me you know number one is don't try to hide that your friendship with the other person or downplay it which i think is easy to do when we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings uh she recommends that you know you be open and honest with with each person um and again number two don't hide the relationship uh and then if if somebody seems in distress if one of the friends seems in distress she says to remind them that your relationship with them is unique. Each, each relationship is unique. And number four, 
you know, going off that uniqueness, that there's no competition between the two, uh, that, you know, we all have room for, for a lot of people in our lives. Uh, and it was so interesting for me to hear this from her because then as I, as I watched her and watched her um, actions with her friends, she truly does mm-hmm. live this. Uh, she, wow. she is able to celebrate all of her friendships and, you know, because of this kind of groundwork that, that she so freely, you know, sets, it, it just, it relaxes, it relaxes, you know, those friendships and allows them not to feel competitive towards each other or, um, or, or, um, and it keeps Susie in a comfortable place too, because she's been authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Because those, I mean, that can be a really delicate for, for some people, just a really delicate balance, you know, and, oh, yeah. and some, sometimes people look at it as a zero sum game. You should be friends with one or the other. And, uh, you know, if there's a dispute between the two, then, you know, then it's hard to, to keep both, you know, um, as friendship. So it's, it can, it can be a real challenge for sure. It is. And I've applied this, you know, since my meeting with her, I've been able to apply this with friends that have gone through divorce where, you know, mm-hmm. even close to both the husband and the wife. And that's always very tricky to, to navigate, uh, especially in contentious divorces. And I, you know, I, I, reminded myself of, of her words to, to be authentic, to be honest, and to explain, especially that both, you know, each friendship with, in, in this particular case, the husband and the wife, is very unique, and they, they both bring something to, to, like, to my life, uh, and uh, that's really, really helped uh, negotiate or navigate uh, those types yeah. of difficult relationships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, part of that divorce is you know who gets what friends. You know, I mean that that right. kind of thing comes up comes up a lot. You know, and and uh, you know, and I I've had many friends who have been in you know similar situations where you know mm-hmm. their relationship you know with with both people are strong, and it, it can be it mm-hmm. can be a um, it can be real. Um, hard you know to to navigate because you don't want to lose either friend um but then um but but be also be sensitive to the friends but i but recognizing that each one is unique and focusing on that uniqueness i think would would help um bolster the relationship in both cases yes yeah and and it it also you know indicates that that the relationship between those two people is also unique and it's not yours. Right. So, you know, you're, you're not getting, you're not getting into the, it tells, it communicates uh-huh. to them that you're not getting into that box with them, celebrating right. your, your own uniqueness of relationship. Yeah. 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 That's your thing. <laughs> that's that's yeah. your relationship, kind of what you're doing. You're, you're teaching and learning <laughs> each other's stuff, you know, that, that doesn't right. involve me, which is, which is cool. Right. So, but um, yeah, I liked, I liked that particular chapter and, and those four steps mm. because it's, um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful way of, of, um, of celebrating the uniqueness of the individual as well as, you know, um, you you're doing that balancing act. Um, um, another one that I, I really like um, was, mm-hmm. and I liked them all, but, you know, these are ones that kind of just stuck out to me and I just thought it would be a good way to give the listeners an idea of the, the range that you have. And one of them was yeah. Live Out Loud, and it was Linda. Oh, yeah. Um, 
just through, just through a little comment, your your response there about Linda. I mean, she looks like she's a hoot. I mean, like a real, um, you know, she's a, a character. Um, so yeah. tell us about Linda, because again, you know, just looking at the pictures, you can you get that essence from her. Yes. Well, Linda is, you know, you, if you think that me being able to meet with 50 women is a lot, that's so little compared to what Linda can do in a, in a, in a week's time. I mean, she mm-hmm. is, uh, she connects with people. She takes on, um, um, you know, life challenges. She supports people. You know, she believes that every day is a gift. And she's mm-hmm. not going to waste that gift. And it's interesting, I have to tell you, and, and I could share this because she shares this publicly, uh, that since the time of our date and this, this whole living out loud, uh, she actually suffered from a stroke and an aneurysm um, that, yeah, during, during surgery, the aneurysm burst. Uh, she's okay now, but she ended up with quite a bit of therapy um, after the surgery, it, it was it was really scary, and this happened, you know, shortly actually, um, not too long after our date. And I kept thinking as she was she was in the hospital and and healing, and we were following her progress about this woman who lives out loud and and told me that she doesn't want to waste a day, and so uh, mm. she enjoys art and music and, and getting together with people and bringing community. She brings so many people together. I mean, that she does it naturally without without much effort, and it, and you know it was that living out loud piece. I think you know, she she did recover, and it was and I forgot what the the odds were. Um, it was it was it was scary, and she recovered and. and I see her living out loud again, even in quarantine with her Zoom gatherings and and uh, and her her posts and supporting other people. And I really feel it's, it's this zest for life that that helped pull her through uh, yeah. this difficult time she had. So yeah, that was that was um, that was amazing that this woman, the woman who taught me to live out loud. Uh, right after our conversation of her sharing that not to waste a day, um, that that, that yeah, happened to yeah. her. Yeah, and now you also had challenge, uh, a health challenge as well that, that kind of uh, implanted or, or kind of raised to awareness the idea of living every day, correct? Every day of totes. Yes. Yeah, it was uh, my my uh, breast cancer diagnosis when I was uh, 47. My kids were still in high school, and that I was already on you know a little bit of a journey to, um, for lack of better words, to better myself, and mm-hmm. and and I was yeah. doing a lot of you know reading, listening to podcasts like yours, and then in this diagnosis came, and that just kind of pushed me far <laughs> in this journey uh, because then right. it became really, imp- it became really important to me to, to not only have um, focus on the positive aspects of my life, but really to figure out what do I want to do with my life? Uh, there's a, my favorite quote, which is in the form of a question is if today were the last day of your life, would you be doing what you're doing now? 
And I think about that a lot, especially if I find myself getting upset or irritated, you know, is this really what I want to be spending my time with? Uh, and so, yes, that, you know, there's something about these obstacles and when life throws you curveballs that, that man, if you could turn them, <laughs> you can turn those, they're like a, a university level education all of a sudden on what matters. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. I, I've noticed throughout the years with people who have, you know, who have rose to the challenge, you know, recognized what was going on and kind of came out the other side stronger, um, you know, if not physically, then certainly emotionally and spiritually, emotionally, you know, that that, that is the case. And um, it's hard <laughs> to have that perspective while you're in the middle of that kind of thing. But, um, it, you know, I think it's very useful to have stories like the ones in your book where you, you give examples of people coming through it, you know, because then for the reader who is in the middle of it, they can at least envision, you know, an, a light at the end of the tunnel or a change in, in the way things are going. Yes. I, I find that every time, and I think about this in this, you know, difficult to hear that's so difficult for so many people that every time life has thrown me a curveball like that, uh, it's brought me such amazing lessons and has, you know, moved me, sometimes pivoted me to something new uh, that I wouldn't have expected before, uh, before whatever uh, difficulty presented itself. So, you know, I, I, I think about that this year. Sometimes things have to get bad in order for something to get good, kind of like a, like a scar or, you know, a scar has to get really, really bad before it, it clears up and, and it heals. Yeah, very much. Now, um, the story of, of Rosa, um, who, mm. whose story, the title chapter is Let Go of Limiting Beliefs. Um, now, Rosa is, is um, a 60-something Latina. And so mm -hmm. uh, tell us, tell us um, a little bit about that um, and, and her, um, the idea of letting go of those limiting beliefs. Oh, she's amazing. She was the first U.S. Uh, marshal female of color, in the, you know, and she's broken so many uh, different uh, ceilings or barriers in her career. She was a police officer, um, just this amazing woman, and I asked her, you know, what led her to believe that she could be in these roles that traditionally were held by white men, you know, where there weren't faces like hers. And like you mentioned, she's in her 60s. So um, while it's still not very common to have female marshals, U.S. marshals of color, or uh, a lot of law enforcement mm -hmm. uh, female officers or female officers of color, it really wasn't uh wasn't uh, seen back when Rosa was, was uh, working. And she said it was her mom. Her mom taught her that everyone puts their pant leg on, pants on one leg at a time. And, you know, she remembers that visual. And, and, that's, and so for her, because of the, the strength that her mom brought and the way her mom uh, carried herself, you know, she tells a story. I think I mentioned it in the book. She tells the story of uh, when her mom was at home making tamales for the family and an important dignitary, a politician, called. And her mom told Rosa, 
tell him to call back. I'm making tamales. <laughs> and uh-huh. so her mom, you know, her mom, it was respectful. She was respectful, but she wasn't, you know, she, she didn't see her, her mom didn't see herself as lesser than someone else because of title or, or who they're perceived to be. Uh, she saw us all as human beings. And that's the way Rosa was raised. So Rosa didn't uh, feel that there were any barriers for her. And if there were, she knew she she thought that they were, and she believed that they were not real. And she just and she went and marched ahead, and that's what gave her her success. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a real important message, and um, for, for for some women who have just been um, tr- uh, taught incorrectly about the limits of, of what they can accomplish. Um, so that's, that's really good. That was a good story. Um, and then the last one I, I want to mention is uh, the one that was Belinda. And um, she, the, the chapter was get involved in your community. And, and the, the challenge lesson on that one was do not sit on the sidelines of life. Oh, boy, <laughs> that, that um, I think is a, is a pretty strong message. So can you t- tell us a little bit about Belinda and, and how, you know, that um, uh, sense of um, being active in life um, was conveyed? Yeah, I met Belinda back when our, both of our kids were at the same grade school together. Uh, our kids weren't in the same class. But I think we both were uh, grade school mom volunteers. It was a small school, so uh, our paths crossed. And throughout the years, I had a chance. To, the kids also happened to go to the same middle school uh, and high school. So, again, I had a chance to uh, watch watch Belinda and her involvement in the kids' school. Uh, but also, I, you know, I'm friends with her on social media, and we know some of the same people. And so I've also seen her get involved in her, not just the kids' school, but also in her community, her neighborhood. Uh, She knows all of her neighbors. They share meals together uh, with her alumni. She hosts and is involved in alumni events, recruiting college, potential college students for her school. Uh, In her community, she, you know, she volunteers. and she and she also owns her own business. I mean, uh, it, it's pretty remarkable. But the the thing the thing that I see too with Belinda is she gets involved because it's important to her. This is part of her community, which I think is a big lesson in this these relationships. Is relationships matter? And I see her kids. I saw her kids get involved. You know, her kids didn't sit by the sidelines. They got involved in in school programs, in the arts. Uh, with with friends, with foreign exchange students that come to the school. I mean, uh, talk about learning how to uh, parent by modeling uh, good parenting through through involvement in relationships. Belinda Belinda certainly shows that. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, anyway, those are just a, a few of the really great mm-hmm. stories they have there now. One of the things that. Um, I was wondering, is, you know, I mean, obviously people really want to be happy, want happiness as part of their life. Right now there are just so many challenges and, and happiness can be fleeting. Um, so can you talk a little bit about um, how the, um, the 50-50 friendship flow challenge can help people with their happiness factor? 
Oh, I love talking about happiness. <laughs> I just uh, actually not too long ago received a certification in happiness through uh, the Happiness uh, Studies Academy with Dr. Ben Tai Shahar, who taught happiness at uh, Harvard and Columbia. And, you know, through this course, he, he refers to a lot of studies on happiness. And consistently, these studies refer back to the to relationships, how it's, relationships are a key to achieving happiness. And it's relationships with your community, with your friends, with your family members. Um, these relationships are so important. And I, I personally believe that everyone's goal in life is happiness, not, not wealth or accumulation of things or titles, but, you know, but happiness. And so to know that relationships, you know, make this, this huge connection to happiness, it makes so much sense to, to invest the time in them. Um, and I also like to note that, you know, you probably, I you probably have heard of the blue zones, uh, which are, which are areas around the world um, that they've studied that scientists have studied studies where longevity occurs. People live mm-hmm. longer than, than average. And, you know, in those studies also, they're finding that relationships and longevity, there's, 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 that's the similarity across cultures because these 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 blue zones are all over the map, uh, and, and there are a lot of differences in these areas. But one of the similarities that they're seeing are the relationships that these communities have, relationships to their family members, their their uh, friends, and their community. Uh, so, uh, happiness relationships, you know, doing something like the fifty fifty friendship flow, or having some type of practice where you put relationships as a priority. Uh, it doesn't have to take a lot or it doesn't take money, but, but there's a priority with time um, that we put into them. Uh, definitely pays off in happiness, which, you know, yeah, as a side yeah. benefit, longevity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I saw recently there was, I can't, I can't remember what it was. It was a Hollywood couple who had been together for for you know, a very, very long time. And, and, and when asked about what was the secret to it, it was, you laugh a lot, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, it was just that simple that, um, yeah. you know, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's real important. Now, I guess the last thing I want to ask is your website is called An Imperfectly Perfect Life. <laughs> so mm-hmm. tell us about that. You know, why you chose that? I mean, that's a, it's a little bit of a tongue twister, but it, but it has meaning. If you kind of share yeah, with us yeah. exactly what it means. Yeah, I didn't talk. I didn't talk to a marketing expert clearly when I chose that name. <laughs> but that's okay. But, that's uh, okay. but um, uh-huh. I chose that because I feel I feel that represents my life and and everyone else's. You know, we're we're all imperfectly perfect. Uh, you know, the clients, the women I work for. We, you know, we're we're raised in a way with the way our school system works to, to seek perfection, to seek these, these unreachable ideals. And that's not, that's not who we are. You know, we are all imperfectly perfect. Uh, and that's, that's where that title comes from. Yeah. It, it, it's a good title because it is very fitting, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's really important to, to recognize both, aspects, you know, that they can both be true <laughs> at the same time. So um, mm-hmm. that's great. Well, it's really been a wonderful chat with you today, Sherry. I really enjoyed our time together, and, and I'm going to have to sit down and, and um, 
put together a, a friendship challenge and uh, and go ahead and do it and um, and see exactly what happens. So and uh, I won't be as ambitious as you, but but um, you know, like you said, I think in you say in your book that it's just really important to you know once you do it to commit to it and to follow through with it. Yes, it could be five people. It could be ten people. It doesn't have to be fifty. But yes, please. And if you do, I would love to. I would love to hear your experience. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Sherry. I really enjoyed speaking with you, and I'll be following you on on all of those social media platforms. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone. Again, today my very special guest has been Sherry Lead, and we have been talking about her new book and her work. The 50-50 Friendship Flow, Life Lessons from and for My Girlfriends. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is animperfectlyperfectlife.com. And she's also available on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. She's got personal and business LinkedIn. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again... Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.